Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me today is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia, and hello out there, Difference Makers. Today, we have two special guests. We have Rio and Mika Watkins. Rio and Mika Watkins are the founders of Power Mates, the new art of dating that stops success. Driven singles, wasting time, and dead-end relationships. They prepare singles to become power mates and attract the perfect complement to each their style, energy, and values without contradiction. Rio and Mika's previous relationships checked all the traditional boxes, but inevitably ended in divorce, ghosting, and breakups. They understand the detrimental impact choosing incompatible partners will have on one's private and professional life. After years of research, and successful personal application, they now teach singles how to date intentionally and with the strategy. Today, we will be talking about Black love and learning from these motivational speakers and relationship experts. Welcome, Rio and Mika Watkins. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing fantastic. Yeah, we are blessed. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. We are we are are blessed, blessed, blessed. Thank you very much for having us on the show too. Thank you for being here today. So let's just get right to it. Since we're talking about black love, I want to start by asking each of you to tell us what black love means to you. So I'll go first. Uh, To me, Black love symbolizes a foundation. It symbolizes a legacy. It symbolizes an example uh, that needs to be in the forefront so that we can continue to create and maintain Black families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I really agree with that wholeheartedly. I also believe that you know, we have a lot of different initiatives in our community um, and, you know, building a block back, a bond a block back, a lot of things we're doing financially. And that is wonderful entrepreneurship. But I think we need to have a strong foundation of powerful black love relationships in order to build those things upon. So for me, uh, black love is connection with our ancestors, connection with our history. And I think that when they tore those families apart, it's been to the detriment of us for generations. And I think that it's important that we celebrate it, we cultivate it, and we teach people how to maintain Black love. It's it's really important for us. Awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. I was going to ask you to tell us about your love story. But before I ask you that, you touched on something that I, I really would like for us to talk about. You talked about connecting with our ancestors and you talked about the family in the past. So I wanted to ask you to elaborate more on that because Black love, it's always been present. And when you think about love from an American historical perspective, what actually comes to mind? Wow, that's a, that's a wonderful question. 
for me, I believe that black love is, and I'm just going to go there. I believe it's a spiritual connection. I believe it's something that's much deeper than we even understand. I believe when two um, black people come together, there is a connection with history. And I do believe that it was a systematic plan to, to separate us from that history. And you see how it's playing out. I think that right now people are really, uh, they want to go back to where it used to be. They want the old school love. We talk about that all the time. But I think in this, in America, I'll speak for that specifically. I believe that love has become very ego-centered. It's become very self-centered. It's been about what can I get from it, about trying to find somebody that's not going to hurt me when I think it really needs to be about something deeper than that, especially in our community. You know, this is how my grandparents grew up. This is how our, how our generations grew up. And the divorce rates now in our community are way too high. And there's a lot of single mothers out here with no fathers in these children's lives. And you see how that's affecting us. It's, it's So yeah, I believe that black love is much deeper than just a cool catchphrase. It's something that we need to do, practice, and again, cultivate. It's really, it's really important. And I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, for me, I can't really speak from an American perspective because I, I wasn't born nor grew up in America. I grew up in the Caribbean. I'm from Jamaica. So there was a an example that you saw as a child growing up, you know, because you had a, a Black mother and father in your home. We didn't see any different. We didn't know any different. Now, mind you, as you grew older, you started to learn that these relationships were not perfect. And for the majority of, of, of us, we got our definition of like Black love and like that perfect Black family from TV, mm -hmm. right? For me, it was, you know, the Freshman's of Bel-Air, you know, shows like the Jeffersons uh, and, and stuff like that. So then you all of a sudden have this like idea of what love or especially Black love should look like. And then you get out in the real world and you're like, but, but it's not really like this. Mm -hmm. So you, like us, we get on a path to say, you know what? We want that example that or grandparents and great grandparents and the aunts, the, the grand uncles that they, we thought they were setting for us, right? Until we got a little bit older and realized that there were systems specifically created to sway us away from that. You guys said something very interesting. When Latricia asked this, you stated Rio that the purpose is to cultivate and maintain love. And as I hear you all speak, it seems that one of the missing pieces of Black love sometimes is that cultivation and maintenance mm -hmm. because of various factors. And I'm so glad that we are touching on this because it perfectly coincides with something we previously discussed in our last episode about Black unity. It was from a different perspective. These people are just complaining about it. But what I love about this conversation is you guys are actively doing something about it. And was that something that drew you guys together? Can you tell us what drew the two of you together? Was it a mutual compassion or a mutual love for something? Was it at Starbucks, did you swipe right? <laughs> <laughs> well, not not quite. Um, I'm going to say that what drew us together, um, first of all, we met on Facebook in a Facebook group. 
Um, so that's how we connected. And it wasn't a group about dating. It was actually a group for Black people that were Black singles uh, that like to travel, right? Some people got travel bays out of the group. You know, some people, it led to other things. Uh, but we were in there with sort of like a mutual cause because we both love to travel and we were both single, right? So so the group was a fit. I'm going to say that it was more of a spiritual connection that drew us together just because of where we were at in our lives. Uh, we were both divorced, both for a, roughly around the same uh, period of time. And we have both made a decision to step back into the dating scene. But also, once we stepped on the dating scene and realized what was out there, we made a decision to say, no, this is not how we want to date. Mm. This is this is not how we want our journey to go. So we need to fix some things. So we actually decided, and it's crazy, because I'm from Toronto, Rio's from Texas, didn't know each other at all. Um, and or it, it's almost like if you're watching a movie and you're seeing both our lives play out and basically around the same time, we were doing the same things, right? Working on healing, working on forgiveness, fasting, connecting with God, getting deeper with self, doing that self-work that we all know we're supposed to do and that we all say we want to do, but the majority of people never do, mm-hmm. right? So that was the common ground that we had. So when we were brought together in this Facebook group, and it was really because of a post that was made by one of the admins in the group. And she said, um, in a relationship, would you support your spouse (laughs) or how would you support your spouse or in their day to day or something like that? And, you know, everybody else had sort of like one word answers. Yes, I would support this, not blah, blah, blah. But then somebody, Mr. Rio had a whole long paragraph. And I, and I think it was, it's funny she said that because with the with the paragraph, it was like, I was just speaking from the heart. You talked about something that was powerful. You said, do we have a purpose? I think that once we got connected with ourselves and really understood who we were, who we were in relation with God, who we were in relation with our ancestors, we talked about all that spiritual stuff. We're going spiritual here, if, that, if that's okay. I knew that I didn't want to be with anybody else but my power me. I didn't know the term at the time, but I knew that God was setting me on that direction and on that intentional path. And I knew that what he was building me to do, this person would complement that. So we didn't have to like coerce anything. People like, how is it so natural? How are y'all doing this? It's because we were working, God was working us and he worked us together. So yeah, there's some systems to it. There's some plans to it. That's what we teach every single day because we wish we had a roadmap where we found each other a lot quicker. So, so that's what we teach now. How do people do that? And how they connect with that? If that if that answers your question, that was a, a great question. But even I'm just going to add this before, you know, when we met, it was maybe about three weeks in. And because of the types of conversations that we were having, and this was all long distance, we recognized that this relationship and this purpose that we're working right now was the main reason why God brought books like both of us together, right? So it's not just, you know, this relationship with Rio and Mika, it's a purpose that we're actually living out right now and just being obedient to what he's called us to do. Absolutely. How did you know? Wow, that's a, that's another good question. I, I'm going to tell you how I knew. There's two things, I guess. I think I knew and then I got confirmation. The The no part was even before we met, 
uh, I really got deep into meditation. I really got deep into to speaking to God, visualizing, really writing down what I want, like really being intentional about what I wanted. And I remember one night, it was late night. For some reason, I couldn't sleep. It might have been two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting there. And I'm telling you, I know if you guys have ever daydreamed before, but I daydreamed of this image of this woman that was so vivid. It's like I could look at somebody until they that would knit. Not just how she looked, but like how I felt with that. Kind of, kind of I'm, I'm hoping I'm going too far, but that's what I felt. And so I knew I would be able to identify this woman. When me and Mika talked, I would say within the first two, three conversations, I think we started talking about like, what would you do if you got married? And what would this happen if you got married here? And what do you, because like that same energy that I felt was a, was a like energy than when I got with her. She was saying the exact same things I knew she would say. She was like confirming things that I visualized about before I met her. Like everything was lining up where I couldn't even deny it. And there was one weird night we were talking on the phone late night and she said something. I thought I was weird. There was a uh, there's this thing that came up, these numbers that came up. And it's like my my numbers. And anyway, they popped up on my clock. And I said, whoa, look at that. Well, I was 11, 11. Right. And Mika, go, I thought I was, you know, whatever. Nobody know what I'm talking about. She goes and pulls out this long journal of stuff that she was learning about, writing about, uh, studying that was right in alignment with what I was doing. And it's like, who's going to resonate with me spiritually like this? You know, it's really it was really. It was really a lot of confirmation that was happening. That was really amazing. Um, and for me, I'm going to say before meeting Rio, I was so intentional that my next relationship was going to be the relationship that God purposed for me. I was doing a lot of meditation and a lot of visualization. And my visualization, it got to the point where I would be in my zone and without seeing this man's face, I would like feel so strongly what it felt like to be with him or what it felt like for him to hug me or what it felt like to talk to him. So I fell in love with the feeling of him mm -hmm. and the emotions of him before I met him. So once we started, you know, conversating and the more we talked, like he said, there were so many points of confirmation. I was like, you have got to be kidding. Like, God, are you tripping? Like, is this, could this really be? And I think it was that night when we had the conversation about the angel numbers and what I was studying. And I, I read to him what I wrote down about my next relationship and stuff like that. That's when I realized that, oh my goodness, this is the same feeling that I'm familiar with when I used to do my meditation and my visualizations, like this is the same feeling I fell in love with. And here I now, here I am now with the same feeling as we're communicating and interacting. So that's, that's how I knew. Wow. That is fascinating. It, that is so deep. I just love the whole spiritual aspect of it all. And I also love how you both spoke about doing the work that the individual self work that is required in order to really have deep, meaningful relationships. But you use the term power mate. What is a power mate? So a power mate is a term that we sort of brought, like put together, coined, trademarked the whole nine yards. And that really is someone who you're not thinking about just any old relationship or just being in love. You're thinking about being with somebody who they're not going to contradict 
anything about you. You're not going to have to change who you are and you're not going to have to try to change them. Mm -hmm. You will complement each other on who you presently are, your style, your morals, your values, the whole nine yards. And you don't have to think about saying, let me morph myself or transform into the person that they want. They are like the, the last puzzle piece that's going to fit into the jigsaw puzzle of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's the only piece that can fit there. And I'm not saying it, you know, it's a forever thing. It's just for the next phase of, for this phase of your life, whether it's forever or, you know, or it's supposed to be there for you to fulfill the purpose for both your lives. That's who you want to, to come forth. Yeah. And and so we, we, we really teach people, that's a great question. We really teach people how to date differently. Most people have never really learned to date ever. They never really understood the art of dating, how, and we'll just go basic. They don't know how to court people. They have no idea what they're doing. And with power mates, what's so powerful about this is like, you have a soulmate, people have twin flames. They have all these different things. I think that I've dated my soulmate before, but soulmates, they get divorced. Sometimes soulmates, it doesn't last. Sometimes soulmates aren't on the same page financially. Some Sometimes they don't have a purpose outside of the relationship. A power mate, not only are we connected on that soulmate vibe, we have a, a we have a mission, a destiny, a purpose that we have that we fulfill together a hundred percent, both of us in the same direction. And that's what so when you have a power mate is somebody who's looking to do something outside the four walls of your house, they're looking to really make an impact on communities. And really live out their purpose uh, full steam. And that's and that's what we teach people how to attract. That is so beautiful. I just love it. In a previous life, I was a relationship coach and a marriage celebrant. And whenever I sat with couples and talked to them about their relationships, whenever they told me that they could just be themselves, mm-hmm. that was always a shining moment. Like, yep, you... Got the right one. If you can, exactly. if you can be yourself, and you don't have to fake and pretend, and yeah. be who they want you to be, it's yeah. it's a beautiful, exactly. beautiful place to be. A lot of and you said something real good. A lot of entrepreneurs are drawn to us. A lot of people who, especially women who are business owners and moving up in life, they are really drawn to our message because they need that supportive, complimentary partner in their lives. And a lot of us are slow. We slow ourselves down to be in relationships. That's not what this is about. It's about speeding up in the relationship. There's things that we're doing together we would have never done apart or it would have taken us a long time, right? So there's a power in our union. The same thing we talked about going back to our ancestors, there's a power in our connection that wouldn't be there if we were separated. So so that's what, if people want to connect with that kind of vibe, that kind of relationship, then that's what this is all about. I mean, that this is this is the this is what we're teaching. And I love that you that you can relate. I mean, this is what we teach. It is very amazing. And I can relate as a single because I sometimes feel that it's sometimes draining trying to find someone who can understand your ambition or match the work that you've done. I recently wrote a affirmation and my affirmation stated, I deserve someone who appreciates the feelings that has done the work. And when I was listening to both of you guys' story of doing the work as single, that's what I heard, that you want to be with somebody who's going to appreciate the work that you've done on yourself. 
And even if, I mean, a lot of people would think, oh, but you know, what if they haven't done the same thing? To be honest, you want to appreciate somebody who has, even if they haven't done anything or to the level that you have, like you said, appreciate the work that you've done and be open and willing to come and meet you at your level. That's what you want to hear when you talk about equally yoked, right? It's not, you know, he makes more money than me or whatever, whatnot, or he's, you know, stable in life with the house, whatever. You want to know that because I took the time to work on becoming the Phyllis that I needed to be, I want to make sure that this person, this mate that God has created for me, it has either done it and God has been preparing him for me the same way he's been preparing me for him, or I am that piece that needs to be in his life to walk with him along that path of his journey, right? Absolutely, because if they're willing to do the work, I believe that's worth the energy as well. Willingness goes a long way also. So what can someone do to cultivate this type of I'm love to be a power mate or what can someone do as an individual before they team up with their power mate? Man, there's so many things. Um, But first I would have to start with developing a love of self, right? And you might be like, oh, but everybody loves themselves. No, everybody does not. Uh, If you sit back and you really think about some of the relationships that you've allowed yourself to stay in, Um, for maybe longer that you should have stayed in them or, you know, even leaving room in your life for toxic friends or family members or whatever have you, or toxic situations, jobs, you know, whatever it is, or trying to hold on to something that you've been maybe a business that's not going anywhere and you're still just holding on. That is not a true expression of love for self. Because once you get to the point where you say, I love myself so much, my life is going to consist of peace and serenity. So no longer will I tolerate toxic friends, family, live or allow myself to be in a toxic circle. I'll no longer allow myself to continue with toxic relationships with people that I know are not serving me, but I just have this fear of being alone. I no longer will be held held captive by situations of my past, whether it be past relationship trauma or hurt, childhood trauma or hurt, whether it be that one thing that, you know, maybe a teacher or an old friend or family member may have said to you when you were younger and it stuck with you to have you thinking that you're not enough or you're not worth it or you don't deserve the best that there is to have, Mm -hmm. right? So the very first thing that I would say is to work on developing that love for self. And and there's a a lot of tools uh, that you can find out there. We created a, a tool that we repurposed to put together because of the relationship that we're fulfilling right now. And that is our workbook. It's called Exposed Love Unstuck, and it's a self-care guide for, you know, singles to attract their power mate. But the first step in attracting your power mate is to work on yourself mm-hmm. becoming a power mate. Because when you think about it, you are also going to be somebody else's power mate. 
Yeah, and and that's a, a beautiful question. You, there's three steps that we teach. The first that we've been talking about for the primary part of the night is the vision part, and that's the part where you connect with the energy, you connect with uh, with the vision of what you want, you identify it, you know, you make it crystal clear. All those things are what most people do, and most people stop right there in the vision part. We're really good at getting people clear on their vision, but where they stop is they don't do the plan part, so they don't have a strategic plan about how they're going to go about attracting this relationship. And they don't take action with accountability. What most people do is they have a vision and they stop right there. And they're like, okay, well, God sent somebody to me. But there's, but like you said, there's work to it. And it needs to be strategic. It needs to be built for you and not for just a general thing that everybody has done. Like what you want to attract feelings might be different than what I wanted to attract. I have to do work that for what Rio was supposed to attract. Your work might be a little bit different. But at the same time, that's what, we're, that's what we want to teach people. How do you get a custom game plan for you? And then how do we help you take action to get the relationship that you want? Wow. And you guys touched on something that I would be remiss not to mention. Um, and I wish I didn't have to bring it up. But when most people think of black love, sadly, they think of toxicity. And you guys mentioned some trauma and you mentioned um, relationship drama and things like that. And that may be our personal lives, but I also feel that is how Black love is portrayed. Mm -hmm. So do you think the way that Black love is portrayed reaffirms how we think Black love is? Or how can we find a healthy definition of Black love? Oh, absolutely. And, And that's exactly why we've chosen to answer this call, not just with our relationship, but on our lives to change that mentality. Because as as a society, right, we are, we've been trained to be, and, and we've allowed ourselves to be brainwashed, especially by what we see in the media, right? And what do you see when you watch TV, especially a lot of the, these Black shows that we've been watching coming up, the, the Black family was the mom and the children. The Black father was absent. He was either locked up, he was on drugs, he was running the streets, whatever have you, or he is a, uh, a criminal or a drug dealer or stealing cars or whatever. Very rare did you see a depiction of a successful Black man, right? In new age media nowadays, you started to see that because there are people that have come before us that have have been trying to change that dynamic. But the majority of what you see, like for me, what I can remember as an example of Black family is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And even when you look at that, right, you had Aunt Viv, Uncle Phil, they had their big mansion, their family unit, but then Will, who the show is like, you know, the star of the show, he had to leave his mom the single mom to go live with the rich aunt and uncle in Beverly Hills to try to get his life to like, to to, to stay on the right path. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I'm glad we're sort of on this question. We had some stats uh, that, you know, we've been came up with it in some research that we were doing. And this is why it, this is so prominent to us. This is, this is a part of our mission. So in 2019, 67% of white women between the ages 25 and 54 were married, while only 34% of Black women were. A staggering gap of 33 percentages. 
about 54% of Black children live with a single mother compared to 22% of white children. And 38% of Black children live below the poverty line, while only 14% were white. So as you can see, we already know this, right? Black women, they focus a lot because this is what we're taught growing up. Don't worry about no man. Love will come. Focus on your career. Focus on getting that bag. Focus on getting financially stable, all that stuff. But then you got these white ladies where they're like, okay, I need you to finish school. You're going to go to college. You're going to get you a good, a good man. You're going to get married, have some babies, do all that stuff. So there's already a difference in the mentality, right, from when we're young. And that's what they see as an example compared to us, right? But when you look at these stats, you see that white women get married a lot earlier than Black women do and more than Black women do. You see that more Black children are raised by single moms than white women, than white children are, right? And you also see that more Black children are living below the poverty line than white children are. So what does this tell us? right? Or socioeconomic state is directly related to the Black family, right? So if if there is a lack of it, or we don't have the examples of it, somebody has to stand up to help to create that change. And we believe that that's exactly why we were called. That's a part of our purpose. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, Mika, she spoke our, she spoke our message. I, I believe that we believe in progressive black families. We believe it. We believe in that wholeheartedly. Progressive black families, and like she said, her example was from the TV. Um, and I wish that wasn't so. There's other families, other demographics that see the the example in the home, right? They see it every day. They see the interaction between men and women, stuff like that. So I think we need to have that in our own community. We need to be able to have examples in our home. So I think we can do that by making small groups and then teaching people how to do it. Uh, on a continual basis. I just want to say that sometimes I think what happens is we hear these statistics and we shift our focus to that when there are so many beautiful Black marriages that are thriving, but they tend not to be the focus. I don't know if you all are familiar with Black Marriage Day. It was started by Nisa Muhammad in Washington, D.C. back in 2002. It's an event that happens every year. It was around the fourth Sunday in March. Mm -hmm. And it's a time where you come together, singles, couples, and it's really about celebrating Black marriage. And I think when we have those examples, like you said, they they exist. These examples exist. Mm -hmm. There's there's Black love everywhere. And even historically, the resiliency of Black love from even from slavery, where they weren't even allowed to get married. But despite all of that, they still married and they still had families, even knowing that they could possibly get separated and never see each other again. They still were able to let this Black love thrive. And I think this just truly exists, but we don't see enough of it and we don't hear enough of it because we're always hearing all of the negative stuff. So I'm just glad that you guys are out here fighting the good fight and we just need more people out here representing because Black love is out here. It exists. And I agree with you, Latricia, 100%. 
And I'm going to say, could it be of that narrative of what we grew up hearing? Don't let nobody know what's going on in your house. Keep your business to yourself. Right. So when, when you grow up hearing that, are we have we taken that to all aspects of our lives, including the portrayal of our relationships? Because I agree with you. Right. A hundred percent. But then we also know that good news doesn't spread as fast as bad news does. So if we've allowed to take in the narrative that, you know, great black marriages don't exist it's because that's not what has been commercialized, mm-hmm. right? So we don't, we don't see or know about these great relationships, these great marriages and these great relationship dynamics because they're not talked about. They're not publicized. They're not highlighted, mm-hmm. right? On, until recently. Yeah, we, we're just so happy lately. We've been, not lately, but for a while now, just so blessed to be able to connect with people who are spreading the narrative and talking about black love. And we appreciate that. We've been a part of a couple of uh, anthologies, uh, uh, documentaries. So there are people out here who are spreading the word, but like you said, to your point, it has to be in our community. We, we can't just see it just on TV. We have to see the example at our home, in our neighborhood. We need the elders in the neighborhood to speak. We need to celebrate Black love and Black marriage, like you said, we got to celebrate the marriage and make sure that it's on the forefront and we have to take uh, the initiative. We can't wait for the other people to do it. We have to celebrate love in our own community. So that's why I'm glad you all are doing a show like this because you're using your platform to do just that, to make change and to put people here who are really talking about building our community through Black love and uh, and really stand on it and really believe in it. Wow, this has been so amazing. You guys have such good energy and you're so professional and knowledgeable. I really enjoyed this episode and I've known you guys from online, but I never had a chance to get to know you offline and I'm just more amazed now. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to recap this. You guys have taught us that Black love maintains family. It must be cultivated and love must be maintained. You have to do the work as self before you do it as a couple or you have to be with someone who is willing to do the work. Your love was confirmed through divine confirmation. I'm familiar with angel numbers 1111 and I call some of those things God winks. Mm-hmm. So that'll be good for other people to know if they want confirmation of who's their power mate, which is trademark. So don't try to make it your own for the people <laughs> out there listening. <laughs> You're going to get a cease and desist letter. <laughs> and most importantly, you have to buy the book Exposed Love Unstuck to learn about the three steps, vision, plan, and action. Mm. Rio and Mika are going to give us our principal challenge for today. Principal challenge. Live them out. Well, here's our, here's our principal challenge. What a wonderful concept. I love it. Put some action to it. So uh, we have a Facebook group. It's a private group. It's called Single and Ready. Hashtag PowerMates, right? Single and ready, hashtag PowerMates. When you go to that group, we're about to do a love is challenge. So we just talked about how to visualize, how to connect with that feeling, right? How to do that first part in the vision plan action. We're going to really dive deep into that over three days. 
We've seen people actually find and attract a power mate within the three days period. We've seen people transform their entire belief system about love in that three-day period. It re- it's going to challenge you to, uh, to, to put your manifestation to work and, and to really uh, live that faith that you've been talking about, right? It's really going to bring in and start to attract the right people to you. So we're super excited. So that's single and ready, hashtag power me. It's a love is challenge, our third one. And we would love it if you guys would, uh, would check it out and visit us and enjoy it. Yeah. And, and I think the most uh, refreshing part of the challenge for me is reading the, the comments and just getting um, the feedback from those who have done the challenge. And they realized that that was probably their first step in acknowledging their love of self, mm-hmm. right? Because the challenge really gets you to look introspect and to really start to fall in love with yourself mm-hmm. all over again, mm-hmm. right? And it's like Rio said, you've got the vision. This helps you to put the plan together. And not only that, take action. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much. Do you have a website or social media that you would like for the listeners to follow you on? Oh, absolutely. They can, uh, if they are single and they're ready for love, they can follow uh, or join the group single and ready hashtag powermate on Facebook. Uh, that's P O W E R M A T M A T E and also powermates.io is our website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those are plural. So power mates uh, with, with an S at the end of that, right? And, and if you go there, Phyllis, that you said it, everybody who goes to the powermates.o, if you go to the top of the page, we have a, a really great quiz that'll tell you what your powermate personality type is and the person that is a really good fit for you. So you can stop dead in dating and really start getting attentional. So it's a really good step to know uh, you know, what fish you should be in the sea for, so to speak. So go check out the uh, the quiz. It, it's, it's really good. Thank you guys so much. And I'm single, so I will be participating. All right. And I'll update you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Looking love forward it. to it. Love it. Love it. Listen, I'm married and I'm going to be participating. So I don't know what hey. the <laughs> private group, but I'm going to find my way to the private group. <laughs> Come on. You're a special guest. Come on. You're a special guest. You. Absolutely. All right. We will be in touch. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. For our next section, open your eyes, ears, and mind as we spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. Idra and Sabrina Elba have recently partnered with Crunchyroll, an anime streaming service currently being bought by Sonny's Funimation Group. The anime streaming giant has more than 4 million subscribers, making it a huge draw for original content and giving the Elbas a platform where the Nazi will be in high demand. No release date yet, so follow them on social media to stay tuned. It's beautiful when couples can work together. Dear Culture is a podcast that celebrates Black life and Black love. They recently honored the transition date of Kobe Bryant and often have conversations about various types of Black people loving each other through time. Find them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 
Overtown Installation celebrated Black Love Day with a mini photo shoot. They also paid homage to Black culture through fabrics and other forms of art. They wanted to emphasize that love between Black people can be beautiful and tender. So don't forget, next year, February 13th, is Black Love Day. Latricia, we are ready for our soul snack. Our soul snack for today comes from a Burundi proverb, and it says, where there is love, there is no darkness. That's our show for today. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time, enhance your minds and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.